Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> it's getting closer. It's getting closer. How are you doing? I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. all right. I'm doing well, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it now. Only a few days to go and... Uh, <sighs> I know, I know. It's uh, up. It comes along... Re- beginning of December... You think, oh, God, it's nearly Christmas. And then the next thing you know, it's a week away. Yeah, well, there's so many things people have to do, don't they? All families are the same. So many things, so many functions, so many, you know, visits and so many arrangements. So many, such a crazy So time. much shopping. Mm. Gosh, it's not And surprising. everywhere you go, like, even if you're done, even if you've done all your shopping, everywhere you go, it's carnage. Oh, it is, yeah. Like, it, mm. it, it, we're right next to Lakeside in Essex, so... Um, like we've slowly seen it build and build traffic wise and mm. um and now it's starting to get and i was at blue water the other day and that was very busy mm. and it's like people from now until christmas day the shopping yep. centers are just rammed yeah and and all the roads leading into the motor into the blue yeah. water from the motorways are, yeah. are jam-packed aren't they? yeah god i don't know how long it's going to take us to get down on sunday for all that because uh, it's just going to get worse and worse isn't it yeah but, yeah but hey it's good good business oh yes and everyone's you know it's a good time it's quite nice when everyone's you go around the shopping centers and it's all decorated and stuff mm, like that mm. it's quite oh, nice yes. isn't it it's a nice atmosphere yeah good okay we've got a lot to cover today i've been saving up a lot of questions for you okay so we've we've got lots to uh lots to help people out on this first one um comes from uh, Linda and we we'd actually just we're probably going to um repeat ourselves or you're going to repeat yourselves because we've just done this one on the feedback show but right. we thought it would make good content for the podcast too okay good so if anyone wants to see sort of the visual representation of this advice then watch our latest feedback show feedback show 40 this is from Linda she says I've completed two landscapes uh, using Collins paper and pencils and I noticed that the paper uh that Colin uses on the man on the bench picture looks different than my pad of paper in that the two seems more pronounced. He can add several colors successfully, but on my pad, two colors are difficult and I don't press any harder. It just doesn't hold the pastel. I also noticed that the sound of his paper is much louder than mine. Mine feels smooth. I'm using the front side of the paper, which I assume is the correct side. And when he had a touch of white, like the stonework on the bench picture, the white shows up really well and mine does not. It ends up kind of gray and hard to see. Do you have any advice for me? Is uh, Yeah. It's, this is a different email, actually, to the one that we did on the feedback show, but it's the same kind of content because yes, it's, it's to yeah, do with... Referring to the same picture. Same picture. So let's mm. talk about what's happened with Linda's pictures. Mm. I don't really know. I mean, I've, I've seen the picture now and I've looked at it. So I, I, it does look flat. I've got to be honest. But it's a question, really. I, it's, uh, let's get it straight away. I'm using the same paper. Yeah. We know that. And I'm using the same side with the tooth. As far as I know, I'm not sure whether Linda has it resting on a board. Now, I have a cardboard, a hardboard backing yeah. to the paper. This is where a lot of the sound comes from. When people hear it, it's like scratching a board. Yeah. Although it's paper. Yeah. That might be one of the that, the sound issue sorted out as far as the um, acceptance of color is concerned past the ongre 
accepts a lot of color and it will on Linda's. Now, either Linda says she's not pressing it too hard, but the problem is, I think, looking at that picture, there was too much base color put on. If you put too much base color, you're not going to get the stronger colors to to go on top of it. Mm. That's where I think the problem is, especially in the um, in the greenery that uh, she's done on this particular landscape. Instead of using you know a, a, a color like one six eight for the uh, normal leafage and maybe 174 for the darker leafage as a base color. She's put other colors underneath before she's put those colors on. Therefore, they don't register. Mm. They go wishy-washy. And this is what's happened. I can only surmise that Yeah, uh, from what I've seen. And it's just a question, really, if you sort of keep at it. You've got, I would always suggest people, if they have a problem of this kind, get a spare piece of paper. And try the same thing in different ways. Try different approaches. Because there is an answer. Look at what I'm doing. And then try to emulate what I'm doing, exactly what I'm doing. It should work. Mm. Obviously, experience comes into it. And as time goes on, you understand how much pressure you've got to put or, mm. not, or not. Yeah. There's certain things, especially when you're learning via video and uh, at a distance is the certain things that you have to figure out yourself and mm. um, based on what you do and what they should be doing so mm. like you said the pressure um there's going to be a difference in maybe sound or anything like that mm. you know with you doing it you've got to figure out that pressure yourself yes and also the the advantage you have over a uh, hardboard backing or any hard backing surface for the pastel paper is it gives you a more uh, it's more strength when the pencil goes into it it has something harder to go against in other words it's not spongy mm. if the paper was on its own it would be a bit spongy um, but when it's on a hard surface it can give you uh, that little bit of extra bite mm. which is needed I, again I can only surmise that that's the case that's a good that's actually some yeah extra bits that we hadn't mentioned i think that's really good um that's lovely anything more we done you good with that i've done no brilliant done, no. thanks linda i hope that's helped and anyone else listening too so we had a couple of questions come in through uh our youtube channel uh, this one's from john i would like to know how to make animals look more realistic now this is a very generalized question so all right. We, can we offer some tips there <laughs> that you might suggest for how an animal can be made to look more realistic? Right. Well, generally speaking, you're copying from a photograph, which is real, isn't it? Mm. That's taken from a, a realistic uh, uh, point of view. So you're copying that photograph. Now, if you copy it exactly as the photograph, it's got to be as the photograph. Now, you can't do that. That's just not possible. So what you have to do, really... It sometimes elaborate, sometimes use artistic license and all of this to create the effect that you're looking for. Now, it's the effect that I concentrate on rather than the actual. People know that when they see it, they think, cool, it's just like a photograph. Well, it isn't. It's much different than a photograph because what you're doing, you're interpreting as you go through. Now, to make it realistic is more, not so much the detail, although that's critically important, it's the feeling you get from that photograph so the answer really is simple when you're looking at when you're looking at the reference photograph you look at it and you think okay i can see how that 
that is creating the the uh, the fur or the um, texture or the uh, the the glassy eye or whichever part you're doing. I can see how that's done, and then you interpret that, and it's a skill and experience of being able to interpret that because you can't do it exactly. Mm. I've seen people try and they fail miserably when they try to be exactly the same as a photograph. You can't. So it's the interpretation. It's going from that photograph and you're, you're looking at the photograph and coming onto your paper and that's where the skill comes in. And that's something you've got to practice. There's no shortcuts. Mm. You've, got to, you've got to go at it. The first few won't, won't come off as well as you hope and gradually it does as long as you want it's the understanding of the transference of what you see on the reference picture to what you want to put down on your uh pastel paper Mm. whatever surface you're using and it's that interpretation that is critical and that has to be learned Uh, it can't really be taught i can't teach anybody to do it i can explain how it's done Mm. and then they can then find their own way of doing it everybody's got their own way of doing it mm. and that is to how you produce realistic photos it's not an exact copy realism it's, it's is not yeah it's no, more it's it's interpretation the, of it's realism. the feeling people get when they look at the pictures i don't really i can't even today i can't really fully understand how i do it i know it sounds weird after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures i've done i still can't really understand how it's done Mm. but i don't try to Mm. the fact that it happens um i'm very grateful for and other people can do the same thing we've had seen so many great pictures done we saw two today two pictures never done before never done pastels before and in the essence is there Mm. practice yes uh skilled skills needed yes all of that but that comes from experience mm. i hope that helps Lovely. but there's no there's no real answer to that question mm. i like it thanks john and the next one is from jocelyn and this is regarding portraits i would like to understand more precisely the choice in the orders of colors yeah so would everybody, folks. That's one of the most <laughs> difficult it's, things it's, to when do. When you say precisely, it's, it's one of the things that can't... You can't, you can't be precise. Can't be precise with no. that. Everything's different. You could, I mean, if you've got a, a typical Western uh, person, uh, then you're going to start usually with white or ivory as a start because you've got to put a base there. Mm-hmm. Or grey, light grey can also be another... So once that base is in, then you need... Every, obviously, every skin tone is going to be slightly different. So you need to then select the colours, the ivories, the pinks, um, the greys, and the ochres. Usually from working from light to dark, though. You've got to work from light to dark on a portrait. Now, if you've got um, coloured coloured gentlemen, or should I say... It's, it's dark not, skin. Right? Dark skin, yes. Dark it's skin. If you've got... Gentleman or lady. Yeah. Then you're going to use probably grey. I would think would be a good colour. But again, it's got to be a lighter grey to start with. You can't put a dark grey on or a dark brown on. You've got to start with a, with a, uh, a lighter colour. Sometimes you can use a mid-tone. If, it's a very, if the, if the colour is very dark, then you could use a, um, a mid-grey mm. as a starter. But this, and then you put the colours accordingly. But no, there's no... Very, very difficult to, to answer a question like that. 
practice. I mean, there are quite a few pictures on our site that uh, people can pick up from me. And very often they say, oh, he's did that before. He did that before. Oh, no, he's done it slightly different this time. Base colours are fairly precise because you can fairly go, oh, you need white for that or you need a mid-tone for that. Mm. But then after that, you cannot. You just can't. No, you have to. You have to try. And you've got sixty colours. I mean, okay, so not all of them are portrait, but you've got a whole host mm. of portrait colours that could mm. achieve the colour that you want. That's right. So. You've also got the um, artistic license comes into it as well. You can look at a colour. You can look at a picture, a reference picture, and think, okay, I'll get as close as I can to that particular colour. You can never ever get it exactly the same. You've got to be prepared to say, there's a little bit of leeway either either way on that. Mm. But then even a photograph that's taken uh, could well be not correct. It could be the photographic reference is out. Yeah. So you, you never really know. Impossible to answer, but we've tried our best, Jocelyn. <laughs> okay. Next one from Gladys. Gladys wants to do your drill monkey graphite picture. And she says, uh, I have a set of 12 graphic soft pencils and a set of 12 graphic designer pencils with these with will either of these do the picture yeah any any graphite pencil will do it i what i use is faber cassells um the uh, graphite range i think they're the watercolor ones i used the aquarelle ones yeah yeah, yeah but it you don't have to use them you can use graphite because you're not gonna, we're not going to wet them so you can use any graphite uh, for the background on that particular one i did use a, a very strong uh, very uh, dark colour. I can't remember what that was from, Eight. actually. Mm, I can't remember now. No. It's a way, way back. Um, but you need do need the softest colour. You can get eight. If you can get an eight uh, B, that's pretty soft. If you want a, the dark background on that, it's got to be soft. You can't, you, you, no matter how many uh, efforts you would make with a B, with a two B or or even a even a four B, you're not going to get it as dark as you can with a black. Oh, mm. Sorry, with a with a, a an eight, an eight, yeah, which is virtually black. Uh, so you need to have that kind of that yeah. Extreme. If you want a really strong, powerful color, you need a full range right up to eight B. Mm. Great. Okay, we're whizzing through these, so excuse me for keep going on. But next one is from Jean. Hi, Colin. I am planning to draw extensive industrial buildings with old bricks. I have uh, looked at your windmill, but which of your courses would be best as regards to detail in the bricks? I see the train drawing may be a good idea because it includes metal. I want to do an A2 size with great detail in the bricks, i.e. different colours. Your advice would be most appreciated. Don't do it. (laughs) Not with pastel pencils. The problem you've got with something like that, A2 size, that's not far off the picture. Is it? The Bob Wow. Yeah. Um, That's that's very big. I mean, with a pencil, you could do it. I mean, I did it with that. Yeah, that's got a lot of detail. Yeah, yeah, a lot of brickwork in that one. you, you can do it, but by golly, it's going to take you a while to do, especially if it's got brick. The thing about this is, see, when you look at, when you look at any uh, painting or drawing, you've got to look at it on, from the reference picture. You've got to transfer the, what you see in the reference picture onto a drawing, but you can't draw it exactly. And if you do, you're going to make a hash of it. What you've got to do is interpret it. Mm. And... It's a very good idea, yes. I would certainly um, 
look at all the, the pictures I've got with buildings in and the train one, there's a bridge there, which yes. is uh, really good. And you'll see that I don't draw the bricks in. I, I give you the impression that I'm doing that, but I don't do it. You, you, and well, I'm just trying to think of another one. This, uh, the windmill, certainly. There's a brickwork in that. And you'll Castle see, Coombe. Um, you've got yes, Scotney Castle. Yes, there's a lot of brick. Scotney Castle's not a good one, yeah. Um, but anyway, Ainsford. You've got the bridges in the Ainsford. Yeah, look at look. Go onto the landscape um, and uh, look at as many uh, pictures as you can. The thing you, to do is to look how I do it. Mm. I generalize first of all, and then we, you know, put a general color on a base color on, and then you work into that base color. Well, whatever colors you feel uh, are relevant, but you don't. Try not to draw bricks. If you try drawing them, they tend to look um, too artificial. Even looking at your polpero there and the and the brickwork in some of the buildings is is impressionistic. An A two size picture. Mm, it's bit, yes, yeah. So Big, bigger the picture, the more detail you you want to put in it, really. And it's it's pretty hard. Uh, sounds like a hell of a task. Yes, Gene. For, for pencils. All the best <laughs> with that. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's um, yeah, that's that would be really amazing to see, and um, I hope that's sort of given you an idea of where to start at least with what to look at on the site. Okay, let me just get another one for you. Uh, here, Margaret says, "Does sanded paper work just as well as other papers? Would it layer as well?" Uh, <clears throat> sandy paper, no, no. Um, well, pastel mat is similar mm. kind it's of thing. Grainy, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's where you have like a very fine sanded surface. Um, it does take more layers. Yes, that's so. Answer to that: it will take more layers. <clears throat> what you won't get though is you won't get the subtlety that you can get with ongre. Uh, with ongre, you can get uh, a finer detail so if you if you're looking for fine detail uh sanded doesn't work so well you've got to work more on an impressionistic scale if you're looking at uh pastel mat or sanded color paper doesn't doesn't mean to say it doesn't look as, as good you know mm. it depends on what you're looking for but on gray would be more um more forgiving i think but certainly sanded paper, yes. The answer is yes, it would take more layers. Okay. Would I do it? No. <laughs> because I don't like the sanded paper, but that's only me. Yeah. There you go. Okay, Margaret, so you can go ahead. Give it a try. Okay. Uh, the last couple then we have for today um, are kind of warm, nice emails that have been sent to us by our students that I feel... It would be really nice to include. Oh, yes. This one's from Sue, which is giving us an update, as she does every now and again, with how she's getting on. Right. She said, Hi, Stephen Colin. I hope you're both keeping well. I'm sending you some photos of a couple of pictures I've just done for a professional wildlife photographer using his own photos for, for reference. You may be interested to know that I've used several reference photos to make up each picture and a bit of artistic license. The photographer is extremely over the moon with my work and is intending to put the images to use on some cards. Some of his images have been used by the BBC and he recently won an exciting award with Fujifilm. He has asked me to do a couple more drawings for him, so I'll keep you posted. 
have a great Christmas and a happy New Year to you both. Yeah, it's a wonderful success story, isn't it? This is what it's all about, Steve. Yeah, this is what we should aspire to. Mm. Um, great. And I've seen the pictures. They are lovely. Yeah. And very well done, Sue. Yeah. This is great to see as well people's progression in, mm. in their work and also taking a leaf out of your book with the whole Absolutely. artistic license. Yes. I saw yeah. the reference pictures as well that she sent and <laughs> she's really done a great job with combining the two and together. Well, isn't that exciting to do? You know, this is the one thing they say about photographs. You can, you can take a photograph, but whatever you you see in front of the lens is what you see. You can't do much about it. I mean, I know there's Photoshop these days on the computer, which can change things. But um, a, an artist can just use the imagination and do anything, as I showed you recently and something I've done. You can... You can twist things, you can turn things, you can change things, you can take a little bit from here, complete different background. Uh, there's so many different um, variations mm. if you're an artist. You've got that, op- you move things around. Uh, I always remember John Constable. Uh, I looked at the picture of his once. It, I can't remember the name of the picture, but there was a church. It was to do in, in where he lived in, in Suffolk. Um, he painted a lot of pictures around there, Flatford Mill, Dedham Mill, and so on. And uh, a looking one, and I read, uh, there was a red uh, 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 paragraph underneath talking about this picture, saying he'd moved this church half a mile to make it fit into his picture. <laughs> and I've never forgotten that. He actually moved it and said, I'm, I'm going to put it there, I'm going to put it there, because it's better. Brilliant. He just moved it half a mile. He just moved it half a mile, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To make it work. So, I mean, if he can do it, we can do it. And uh, it's wonderful. An artist has got that sort of vision that uh, it takes to concoct and wonderful. Anyway, Sue's done, a, as you say, a lovely job of that. Yeah. Fantastic, Sue. Wishing you all the best as well. Okay. The next one, leaving you on a high note with this one from Brian. He says, Colin is an amazing artist and a huge inspiration to me, drawing with pastel pencils. I actually have never heard of them before, and when I found the website, I actually fell in love with these pencils. I used to draw with coloured pencil, but um, you can only do you can do so much more with pastel. I visit the website almost on a daily basis, as I'm retired and have lots of spare time. I love going through Colin's lessons, and I've learnt so much, and my artwork has improved. This is my first year drawing and selling my work, and it has become very good, and I get a lot of compliments about it. I've sold about $1,100 worth of pictures this year and displayed my work in a small art gallery in town. I'm no pro, but with the help of your website, I've much become uh, a much more polished artist and have a better understanding of the do's and the don'ts. Having said that, there is always room for improvement, and I'm so lucky to have Colin's terrific instruction to fall back on. If there's one thing that I love about your lessons, it's that it's in real time and not sped up like some other artists on the website on the web. Colin shows you the technical, the technique in a way that is easy to understand and learn from. I want to thank you both for all that you do to make Colin Bradley a huge success. I tell all of my friends and recommend the site to them. Sincerely, Brian. That was wonderful. Yeah, great. That's what we like to hear. That's uh, the second one we've had. Yeah. So wonderful. It's it's really great that we, I mean, we feel so, I know you're very humbled by it all and it's, we feel very grateful that we're able to, I feel very grateful that I'm able to create the platform that has enabled mm. us to launch mm. this and get this into more people's rooms and studios and 
mm. and home so that they can learn too. And especially now that when they, you know, he says he's not a pro. Well, if you sold a thousand dollars worth of pictures in a year, I'd <laughs> well, say. Well, in a way, <laughs> somebody said to me once, once you sell your first picture, you are professional yeah. because you're taking money for something you're doing. Yeah. And this is what professional people do. So he says he's not a pro, but I understand why he's saying that. But actually, he is. Yeah. Um, and as for getting better, you're absolutely right. You'll never, never know it all. And God forbid that I should ever say that to you. That would be the time I hang up with brushes or with pencils. Because I do learn. Every single picture I do, I learn something new. Mm-hmm. After thousands, probably now, of uh, different pictures I've done. And everybody can do the same thing. And that is where the excitement is, Steve, isn't it? Yeah. Brian echoes that. Sue echoes that. It's where you you can't wait to get up in the morning and get the old pencils in your hand and have a go. This is where uh, it's uh, it's just a wonderful thing. It's it's not just art, music, any any creative pursuit has, mm. uh, gives you this buzz. Mm. And long may that continue too. Lovely. Thanks, Brian, so much for for those emails. They really mean the world to us, and it really is mm. so uh, so motivating. And just a word, as it's coming now, we won't be uh, having any more podcasts. And Yes, <laughs> probably it to yeah, the end of the year. That's right. So 2018, folks, you, wait, you, you thought 2017 was good. You'll wait to see 2018. Yeah. The work that we've, uh, we've produced and uh, that's going up, certainly I think in the beginning of uh, January, and, and in the next couple of weeks we've got a couple of pictures that are going up which are stunning. You're going to love them all. Mm. So get those pencils out, get them ready and poised. Oh, yes, get ready for January. I'm going to hit you some, with some showstoppers. That's right. So, excellent. Well, I wish you everyone a very Merry Christmas. Yes, and, me, and from me too. And a very happy New Year. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.